Hello, my name is Jacob Fenston. Welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. In Burkina Faso, about one-fifth of the population lives in chronic poverty and is considered food insecure. In that country, as in many others in sub-Saharan Africa, social safety nets have been playing a larger role in recent years, protecting the most vulnerable. But these programs are still a work in progress. In our previous podcast on social safety nets, I looked at the rise of these programs across sub-Saharan Africa. In this podcast, the second in our series, we look at how social safety nets work in practice and investigate the case of Burkina Faso. Isabel Adenauer of the IMF's African Department explained to Lika Gay why these safety nets are so essential to a country like Burkina. The country has been subject to a series of shocks. So it started in 2008 with a food and energy price shock. So typically what happens in this uh, sort of circumstance is that the poor are hit uh, first. And even if you take the refugee population right now in Burkina Faso, around 100,000 people coming in from Mali. So I think there is a great need in sub-Saharan Africa to kind of protect the vulnerable against these shocks. And I think at the same time, there's a realization uh, on our part, and, and particularly the IMF maybe, that generalized or universal subsidies are usually not very well targeted and they're not a good instrument uh, for reaching the poor. So I think that's why there's a strong interest right now. So how would you describe the current state of social safety nets in Burkina? I can refer to a big uh, study on social safety nets in Burkina that the World Bank did. So they looked at all the uh, social safety nets in place. And actually what is maybe quite surprising, you have already a very large number of kind of individual programs, but they're very fragmented and they're not very well targeted again, and they're not comprehensive and, and have a kind of coherent approach uh, to them. So right now, They're there. Uh, They're even costly if you add them up. What uh, the government now did is actually to to ask for help to design a kind of more comprehensive, cohesive uh, social safety net. We design a system where we try to identify the poor directly. And then rather than, you know, having universal subsidies, we're trying to target them directly and then transfer the money directly to these individuals. To identify the poor can be a difficult task. There are different techniques out there. In Burkina, they used what they call a proxy means approach, meaning uh, people going out there, <laughs> uh, conducting surveys, looking at people's houses, and then they have a you know, list of indicators, looking at the belongings of the households. That's why it's called proxy means. No, you use indicators to get a, an estimate of the household income. So I think it can be done, and uh, it's been quite successful. Can a country like Burkina Faso afford social safety net programs? You know, people think they're very costly, but it actually works the other way around. So if you have, for example, 0.5% of GDP or 1% of GDP that is available in terms of financing, then you can set up the program in such a way that, <laughs> you know, the, the cost uh, is in line with this target. So, yeah, it is affordable and it is feasible. Have these programs actually helped towards more poverty reduction in the country? That's what we believe. Unfortunately, right now, we don't have a lot of evaluations available. Many evaluations, I should say there was one evaluation done uh, on this conditional cash transfer system that was set up in 2009, 2010, which was very positive. So we believe that these programs have a very positive impact and can reduce poverty. But right now, we just don't have a lot of analysis available. 
So, and finally, what role do international institutions like the World Bank and the IMF have or can have in helping countries establish or maintain social safety nets? I think the World Bank, given its mandate, is much better placed in helping countries establish or maintain social safety nets. But I really see our role as complementary. We have a group in the IMF that has the expertise to conduct so-called poverty and social impact analysis, which usually is the first step, which we did in Burkina Faso in 2000, to look a little bit at the instruments the government has available to protect the poor from adverse shocks at that time, uh, an adverse food and energy price shock. So th that's analysis we can do. And then I think that the big kind of advantage the IMF has is that it can really help the government find this fiscal space to finance these programs and, and also do some kind of advocacy. Because to my great surprise, I saw that in many African countries, the authorities themselves are not convinced that these schemes can work. So we can also help advocate social uh, safety nets, which we did in Burkina, and I think the authorities are not quite convinced. That was the IMF's Isabel Adenauer speaking with Lika Gay on social safety nets in Burkina Faso. And if you missed the first in our series on the subject of social safety nets in sub-Saharan Africa, you can find the podcast at www.imf.org slash podcasts.